Welcome to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. Your God is good. I'm getting happy every day because God's Word is working. I said the Word of God is working. Come on, I said the Word of God is working. <laughs> I said God's word is working. Glory to God. Praise God. I mean, God is such a good God. Let's pray to get into the word. Father, thank you because I'm anointed to teach. Thank you because your people are anointed to receive and to hear and to get our faith is built up in the knowledge of the person of Jesus. I pray that light and understanding will come forth through your word. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. We're going to have prayers next Sunday, so uh, we, we're going to pray next Sunday, spend some time to pray. So I want to see how I can finish up on the anxiety-free living today, the Lord helping me. How many of you have been blessed so far with the messages? Praise God. How many of you were not anxious for anything this week? Oh, you, you failed the test, man. Come on. How many of you were not anxious for anything this week? Okay. Are you just raising your hand to, pl- to please me now, or you were actually not anxious? <laughs> are, you, are you getting anxious that I'm going to ask more questions? <laughs> Praise God. Uh, well, I tried, but I got anxious about something, and the Lord corrected me about that. Praise God. Uh, you have to constantly pass the test. Because the enemy is going to try to always get you anxious. Are you following what I'm saying? You have to pass the test of what? Of not getting anxious. Now, let's go to Philippians chapter 4. That's our key scripture. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 6. Glory to God. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 6. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 6. Be anxious for nothing. (laughs) Be anxious or do not worry about anything. And uh, let let me say this to you and listen to me very carefully. We are going to have the faith uh, refresher course the whole of this week. 30 minutes every day online. Online except on Wednesday when we have a service strictly online. Make sure you tuned in. But let me tell you something. Learn to build your faith on the word that I'm teaching you. It will produce results for your life. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So, you have to do this, right? When we are reading a passage of scripture, you keep your eyes on that scripture. And you see it for yourself. Praise God. And you follow up. These things are life-changing. And life transforming. You make sure. With all the church workers. And in as much as you're working. You make sure that you are. In the meeting spirit, soul and body. So that the Lord can. uh, The teaching of God's word. Prepares the ground. For you. To experience absolute victory. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You know, a brother shared a testimony. came up in my spirit to share the testimony with you earlier. But a brother shared a testimony. Well, not a testimony. We're just talking. And uh, uh, he, he wanted to get a job. And he got the job. 
it was a low paying job praise God and uh, uh, you know but he just kept applying some of the things we've been teaching here going the extra mile walking in love you know uh, developing himself and gradually they, they turned over the supervisory role of that whole firm over to him praise God and now his boss is even out of town they've handed him the role to supervise even those who were supervising him before. Glory to God. You know, and, and it's possible for him to come here and stand and say, well, I have a testimony to share. You know, but I want those things to become commonplace. I want the fact that if somebody stands here to share testimony, is the fact that the person raised the dead. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I mean, we're grateful to God. If you buy a new car, it will be common because there will be time where people will just buy cars in their hundreds in this place. If you build a new house, it will be just normal. We just want something supernatural, right? Like, you know, Pastor, I was coming to church this morning and I, see, I saw three deaf people and, I, and two of them heard after laying hands on them and they are here. Hey, yeah, you can share your testimony. Glory to God. Oh, well, I was coming to church this morning and I saw it. Somebody was mentally deranged and I got him healed and I got him clothes and he's here. Say, yeah, you can come and share your testimony. Because you're going to get jobs. Oh, somebody didn't hear me. I said, you will get jobs. It'll be normal. You will get money. It'll be normal. You will get married. It'll be normal. You have children. It'll be normal. Are you hearing what I'm saying? But I'm looking for something supernatural. I'm looking for something that's not normal. That's not common. Glory to God. So I just want you to be rest assured that in this next phase we're going on in this ministry, those things that people are running after and calling breakthroughs and miracles, they will be commonplace. You will not even have to invite people to church because of that. It will just be normal. Hallelujah. Come on, I said hallelujah. Some of you will go from jobs to jobs from jobs. Listen to this, the word of the Lord to you this morning. Some of you from today will never be out of jobs for the rest of your life. Are you hearing what I'm saying now? It's just normal. It's just the goodness of God. (laughs) Glory to God. Philippians chapter 4. Be anxious for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication. So it tells us what to do. It says, with thanks given. And that's what we did this morning. We thank the Lord in a song. You must learn the attitude of thanksgiving. You must learn to be thankful. Are, are you following this? You see, one of the signs of the last day, I plan teaching on it. <laughs> Oh, the, the, the uncommon signs of the last day in, in the book of Timothy, one of the signs is that men will be ungrateful. Not only will men be ungrateful to other men, men will be ungrateful to God. Are, are you hearing this now? You know, I, 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 look at this now. Most times when people are getting committed to things, they want to attend funerals, they want to attend birthday parties, they want to attend weddings and all that. They, I mean, they put all the preparation there. They get ready there. They, they do all the makeup. Beautiful, you should do your makeup if you need it. Uh, they do the hair, they do the clothes, they are putting pressure on the tailor, I have to be in this party. You realize that most people don't even put effort like that in coming to church? That's, that's ingratitude. 
That's being ungrateful. Because if you are grateful, your commitment to the things of God will be stronger. Are, are you hearing what I'm saying? Grateful for life. Do you realize that all the things that we are involved in in this world, if we are not alive, we would never be able to do them? Come on now. And so, what's our gratitude to God? Our gratitude to God is our life of service. To serving Him with the same commitment. Now, look at this now. It says, and the peace of God. Somebody say the peace of God. Now, say, say it again. Say the peace of God. Now, the peace of God which surpasses all what? Comprehension. What's the word Comprehension. Come on, what's the word comprehension? Understanding. If I say, do you comprehend? That means, do you understand? Now, he's saying that the peace of God will pass all understanding. So, what he's actually trying to say is that you have this peace in you, but people do not understand, or they cannot understand why you should have peace in that circumstance. It's like Jesus sleeping inside the boat and there was a storm. How do you sleep when there's a storm? It, 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 in fact, the disciples asked him, Careth not that we perish, meaning that they questioned his care. They said, Do you not care that we are dying? And Jesus was sleeping. How can you sleep in the midst of a storm? There was a peace he had that was independent of external circumstances. Are, are you hearing what I'm saying? We need that peace. We have it actually, but we should leave it. Now look at this now. It says, It'll guide your heart, your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. So we can only find this in Christ Jesus. So we talked about worry. We said the word worry means to choke. Alright? It means to strangle. It means to strangle. And then we dealt with Putting our trust in man. Uh, um, Jeremiah 17, part 2. We talked about that. Not putting our trust in man, but putting our trust in what? In God. Because if you put your trust in man, what's going to happen? Man will disappoint you and it will become a source of worry. Let me tell you how to respond to the promises of men. If any man, listen to this, it will free you from hurt. Because some of us are so hurt that people have disappointed us. And that hurt will stop the blessing from flowing because you get into offense and bitterness. So, let me tell you, whenever anybody, anybody in this world, promise you anything, you, you thank them, you're grateful to God for them, immediately you leave that place. Immediately, listen, Immediately you leave that place. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Go before the Lord. Commit that promise to God. And look up to God. It will free you. As a pastor, I can't tell you how many promises I've gotten. Well, some people made their promises through. Some people did not. There are people that say, you know what? We're going to support you monthly. Monthly. Something will be coming into you. In fact, when anybody says send your account, immediately you send, you know, sometimes when they say send your account, you, you, some of you will now go and buy, buy goat meat. You, you don't even know what the person is sending. <laughs> but you already, you already anticipate. Never spend money you don't have in your account. Don't do that. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Two times you should never spend money. Number one, never spend money you don't have. Never spend 
promised money. Are, are you hearing what I'm saying? I'm going to give you. You now go and based on what somebody else told you was going to give you, to now go and tell somebody else, I will give you. Is it not me? Don't do that. Number two, don't spend other people's money in your care. They give you your meeting money, your church money. Uh, well, they shouldn't give you church money if you're that kind of person. Uh, <laughs> they give you uh, school money. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Or your friend trusted you and say, hold this money for me. And you just say, I will quickly put it back. It is the devil setting you up for destruction. You will never put that money back. Are you hearing what I'm saying? What is not your money is not your money. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So don't spend money that was promised to you and don't do what? Don't spend money that other people have given to you uh, to hold. Okay. That's what the wisdom for somebody because you were planning to go and spend somebody's money when you leave service. Don't spend it. That's the Lord speaking to you. Is that clear? Okay. Because that was not part of my message. So I know God wants to correct somebody and save somebody from embarrassment. Don't spend the money your husband gave to you or your wife gave. Uh, wives, husband to wife is but wives to husband, you know, that's a debt we never pay. I've been owing my wife since we got married. I've never been able to pay. <laughs> so, so you forgive us. I think every husband can bear witness to that, that we have all these debts we cannot pay. Where, where, who should we owe again if we cannot owe you in peace? <laughs> shall say. But you must realize that what I'm saying is very important because these are some of the sources of anxiety. Are you, are you following what I'm saying now? So, one of the ways to live in peace is to live within your means. Write that down. Write that down. One of the ways to live in peace is to live within what? Your means. If you live within your means, you will live in peace. What does it mean to live within your means? Live within the, your source of income. And I tell you, this applies to the man, uh, this applies to the man earning 10,000 and applies to the man earning 10 million. You, you will be surprised that a lot of the people who are earning so much are so indebted. Have you seen, uh, uh, have you read in the newspapers and you found out that uh, the, they were publishing names of debtors in, in the newspapers and they were publishing these big businesses and all of that? And sometimes you feel that, oh, when people have a lot of money, they don't owe. If they tell you what some of those people are owing, you'll be shocked. You say, how can a man owe this amount of money and still sleep? Are you hearing what I'm saying? You see, don't always envy people. You don't know what they're going through. And I must say that to you. I've never once envied somebody. I don't envy what other people, I don't, I don't. Absolutely, I don't. Because it's a source of unnecessary pressure. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Praise God. Okay. Now, um, let's, let's go to Matthew chapter 6 now. Let's, let's go to Matthew chapter 6. Thank you, Father. This is a good message, I tell you. It's, it's a very good message. Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. It's talking about Mammon. For this reason, I say to you, Jesus is uh, speaking. In fact, if you look at your, uh, well, I know most of you are using electronic Bibles, but if you have a, a Bible like mine, if you look at the top of my Bible here, sometimes they write the headings. In fact, what is written on the top of mine is the cure for anxiety. That's what is written there. Yeah, the cure for anxiety. It says, for this reason I say to you, do not be worried about your life. 
as to what you will eat or what you will drink, nor for your body as to what you will put on. It's not life more than food and the body more than clothing. Now, he's saying do not be worried about your life. You see, one of the reasons a lot of people are worried is about their life. And now, when you begin to have that source of worry, you must learn to deal with it. Let me explain something to you. When God gives you a word, or when your life is built on the word of God, the first thing that faith will give to you is peace and calmness in that circumstance. I've shared the testimony with you before. I don't know if you've heard it, but I will share it with you. Uh, when I was about to get married, um, I, I really didn't have so much money when I was about to get married. really, really didn't have so much money. Didn't have, I, I would even say I didn't have money. Let me just put it that way. And one day I was going to the house. There was no food in the house. Now, let me explain the way I live. I, 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 when I got back from youth service, my, my parents were in a, a three-bedroom apartment with, with my younger ones. So I had a room with my brother and, and all of that. But when I came back from youth service, I decided I wanted to be a man of my own. I didn't want to sleep in my father's house. So I was sleeping in church, and I would just go home to bait and to eat. Uh, if I tell you interestingly how I've lived sometimes I ask myself where do I even get all these ideas from I didn't want to just stay in my father's house I was sleeping in church where my father was pastor of the church it wasn't a, a nice church like this our church was in an uncompleted building in, in, in a board because there was so we're upstairs and then we had these big altar cloths there so I'll go in the night I'll sleep behind the altar cloth and just wrap myself there my father pleaded with me to come to the house. And I just felt, no, you, listen, I can't come back from youth service and be staying with you anymore. And so, uh, finally, myself and one of my pastors, pastor in the ministry now, we got a room. We rented a room together. And, and, and I stayed there. And from there, that's how I actually left the house. Uh, so that day, I was going home. I was now on my own. I was going home. There was no food at home. And it's not as if I can't go to my father's house to go and eat. Because some of you, your greatest problem for not fulfilling destiny is family compound that you are staying. I'm going to deal with that. I'm going to preach a specific message for those family compound staying people. I'm going to preach a message for that. That one will not live stream because it's, it's a culture specific message to us here. You will get married, carry your wife, carry your children, carry your grandchildren, family compound, one room. You cook, your wife will cook, your, 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 your grandfather's ancestor will come and take, take food from, if, let me not even talk about that thing today. So I was going home. And because you are not paying rent, you think you are happy. You might destroy your family and destroy your marriage for 120,000 a year. Not everything free should be taken. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Every day you are setting quarry. 12 o'clock in the midnight, they'll come and call you that, that uh, your, your father's dog is not breathing properly. You now leave your wife. <laughs> Gideon, where is Gideon? Where is Gideon? Okay, yeah. Uh, that basket shirt. Have you worn that shirt before? Okay. When I came in, I started planting a church. And I started mentoring Gideon. The first thing he came to me for mentorship. And I told him, I said, I don't mentor small children. I mentor boys. Leave your father's house and go and rent your own house. Was that not the first thing I told you? That was the first thing I told you. Can't be mentoring your father's house. You're a child. Not called to children ministry. Are you hearing what I'm saying? 
See, I have to tell you this truth. I know the amen is reducing, but I have to tell you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It is difficult, but we have to assume these responsibilities. Because, you see, this is why it looks like the word of God is not working. Life is tough. Get used to it. And get the word of God to work. Are you, are you hearing what I'm telling you now? Because you should have a peaceful marriage, but you are in a place where you cannot access peace. And you are always worried. You are always worried. Rent that house out. Go and rent another place outside of town. Or not go outside of town so I can still come to church. Go somewhere close to church. Or I'll go and rent a house in Port Harcourt. And say, Pastor, according to your word, no, stay here. Okay, Matthew chapter 6, verse 5. For this reason I say to you, do not be worried about your life as to what you eat or what you drink, nor for your body as to what you put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing. He says, your life is what much more than this. He says, look at the beds of the air. Look at the beds of the air. It's amazing every time sometimes God wants to teach us how to live. He refers us to animals. Do you know in the book of Proverbs, when the Lord wanted to teach us about hard work, what did he do? He referred us to the ants. Now, he says, listen, for you to understand how I want you to live, I want you to look at the beds of the air. That they neither sow, they nor reap, nor gather into bands. They don't save. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not worth much more than they? He says, look at the beds of the air. He says, your father takes care of them. You know, this same thing, Job said it. Hold your place in Matthew chapter 6. Can you give us um, Job chapter 38, verse 41? Job 38, verse 41. Job 38, verse 41. Job talked about this. The beds of the air. How God cares for the beds of the air. Job chapter 38 and verse 41. Look at this. Who prepares for the raven its nourishment? When its young cry to God and wander about without food. Who gets the, who gives the, the dead food? Who prepares their food? Your heavenly father. You see, I tell people this. God has a plan for your life. Find out that plan and walk in it. It will give you peace. There's a plan. There's a plan. There's a purpose. There's, there's something God has ordained for you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Find it out. The problem is sometimes we allow society to tell us, this is who a successful person is. This is No. Find out what has God ordained you to be. And follow it. And pursue it. And be content with it. And the Lord will just give you increase gradually. Praise God. Come and I said, praise God. Go back to Matthew 6 now. Thank you, Lord Jesus. It says, verse 20, 27. And who of you, being worried, can add a single hour to his life? Look at that question. God is asking us. By your constant worry, can you extend your life by one hour? <laughs> Go to the next verse. And why are you worried about clothing? Observe how the lilies of the field grow. They do not toil, nor do they spin. Do you know there are people who actually get worried about clothing? 
about a piece of material? Anxiety? I mean, nothing wrong. I'm absolutely nothing wrong. Please understand my heart. That's why when we're get, getting married, we didn't do Ashwabi. It's not because we cannot do. Because I told my wife that I want to live a peace-free... Peace both of us decided. We want to live a peace-free life. Don't do for us. We will not do for you. No, no, no. It's straight. There's no wedding you will do and tell me the Ashwabi is this color. It's if we want to do it. There's no... There's, least, did you do for me? No. We're free. There's no pressure. I think my younger sister wanted to get married and they said the color was something, something, something. I've, I don't go to tailors. Tailors are wonderful people. But I don't go, I don't go to them. They don't come to me. Anything you see me wear, <laughs> any native you see me wear is a gift. Um, because I want to walk in love. So they said it's one color. I said, I don't, you know, I don't go to, I don't, I don't have that color. I said, ah, you, you try your best. So I asked a simple question. I said, do you want me to come for the wedding or not? He said, I want you to come. I said, okay, allow me come in my color. <laughs> it's not a, yeah, my sister, my sister married, I was not there. The world will not collapse. Yeah, do you understand what I'm saying? I will just tell you, assume that I'm dead. Just assume that I, I died two years ago. And just move on. There's nothing you, there's nothing, nobody will do anything. I will, it, will, it will not be a thought in my heart. Ah, it's a time of celebration. Yes, in my own terms. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I cannot come for your celebration at the expense of my peace. Are you following what I'm saying? Because by the time I finish eating the cake, a tailor will be waiting for me at my domot. It's not consistent with my philosophy. What I cannot afford, I must not envy. What I can't afford, listen, what I can't afford must not be pleasant to my eyes. I like this thing. I like this thing. You can only like what you can pay for. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It, listen, what I'm teaching you now might look very simple. It will make your life at peace. But you know something I realized? Once you have this peace, it will be easy for you to prosper. The truth of the matter is, there's nothing I want to wear or so now that will be a prayer point for me. But getting to this stage was not today. I came to this stage by maintaining a strict philosophy of absolute peace. Nobody can terrify us. And I'm grateful to God for the kind of wife I married because some of you, that's where your problem is. You have this philosophy. Your wife has this philosophy. Or the wife has this philosophy. The husband has this philosophy. When you say, oh, we can't go for that party. We cannot afford it. Trouble will start. The, your, your meeting in the house will reduce. They used to give you four meats. It's not, it's not three. You know that if this trouble persists, you will soon eat soup. There will not be meat. Then when you, And it's a problem. You can't ask why there's no meat. <laughs> they ask you, do you want to go and be cooking the, the something? They can't even send you to the market. Since you say there's no meat in the soup, or you are going to be buying, buying this thing. <laughs> so, before they place you under isolation, you will cave in. Don't do that. Don't do that. You see, any house that is divided against itself will never prosper. 
And I want to beg you single people, when you are getting married, these are the things, conversations you should have. Conversations you should have. So you don't become politicians in your own house. The man is planning. The woman is planning. They now use the children as House of Parliament members. Say, go and meet your father. Go and meet your father. Go and meet your father. Tell him we are going for anti wedding. Tell him we are going for anti wedding. We want to go for anti wedding. When you now say which auntie, say you don't know. It's mommy that says we should tell you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> He says, why are you worried about clothing? You'll be surprised that Jesus said, why are you worried about clothing? You will think that people will not be worried about clothing. But they are worried. They are worried. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Come on, are you hearing what I'm saying? You, it's amazing how Jesus used very simple things to tell us how very mundane things causes us to worry. Do you realize that most people don't sit down and really get bothered about, am I fulfilling God's purpose for my life? Most people don't sit down and say, am I doing what God wants me to do? Am I, am, I, am I actually pursuing the kingdom? No, those things don't even give us source of worry because we don't even think about those things. What are the things that causes us to worry? Our life. Our clothing. And when the Bible talks about clothing, what is it trying to say? What is it trying to say actually to us? It's because our clothing in, in, in our society refers to our class. Are, are you hearing what I'm saying? So you realize that when a man wears certain levels of clothes, you are like, ah, oh, that man is a big man. And so he's not just talking about just clothing in this sense. It's about the state of classification that clothing reveals. So a man can dress up and he say, oh, that's royalty. Ah, that man has money. Ah, that man is wearing senator. You know, I went to, I, I was to go to somewhere. We were going for a meeting. So they say all of us should wear, well, that one had to do it. Uh, Nigerian delegation. We're going outside of the country. So we needed to be, 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 be part of the something or something. So I went to the tailor. And the tailor said, uh, what do I want? Do I, does it, do I want senator? Ah, like, what is senator now? <laughs> you know, I didn't know it was the style of shirt that people were wearing. Were, were I mean, all kinds of names they were just calling. So I just told him, you know what? Just measure me from here to here and from here to here. I just saw this thing straight. Let me leave here. <laughs> I mean, it, I'm not saying these things are bad. But you see, I've trained myself over the years that these things don't bother me. Glory to God. And you feel that, oh, if I don't wear this thing, if I don't wear this certain class of things, then I'm not making progress. That becomes a source of anxiety. And look at what it says. It says, But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the furnace, will he not much more clothe you? You of what? Little faith. So, the Bible tells us that anxiety is a product of little faith. Which means that if I have faith in God, I will not be anxious. But if I'm anxious, it simply tells me that my faith in God is little. I don't trust God to provide for me. So, the, 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 abs, the presence of anxiety is the absence of strong faith. Write that down. The presence of anxiety is the absence of strong faith. 
Glory to God. Come on, I said glory to God. Then he says, Do not worry then, saying, How do you take worry or how do you take a thought by your confessions? Do not worry then, saying, What will we eat? What will we drink? Or what will we wear for clothing? For the Gentiles, those who are not born again, eagerly seek all these things. They, they run after them. They run after them. They seek them. He says, but your heavenly father knows, glory to God, that you need all these things. So God knows what you need. But you have to come. It, it has to be from a point of relationship. Praise God. You know, the Lord, the Lord gave me an example this morning as I was coming to church to use. Uh, you know, after church right now, I'm going to eat. Yeah, I know some of you think I don't eat, but I do eat. <laughs> My pastor is always fasting. Alright? Now, to be honest, I'm not anxious about what I'll eat. You know I'm not anxious. Because my heavenly wife knows that I need food. Are, are you hearing what I'm saying? So, if I'm here now preaching to you, <laughs> imagine I'm preaching to you and I'm worried, how? Oh, what will I eat when I get home now? You know, do you know I can't preach fully? Because my mind is, what am I going to eat when I get home? But if I trust that my wife, if, if you married a kind of wife who, uh, uh, I mean, you, maybe you quarreled with your wife this morning. Uh, you shouldn't do that, but maybe you quarrel. And then you realize that when you go home now, there might not be food. You know as I'm preaching now, you're calculating where to go and eat. Should I go to, ah, if I go home now. Do you understand that? You are worried. Because your heavenly wife does not know <laughs> that you need these things. But do you realize that if you, if you, if you, if I know that when I get back home, my wife is going to get the food ready, what's going to happen? I'm not going to be anxious. Now, my anxiety, now, now let me, let me give you the example where now. Let me put it this way. I have not seen the food yet. Come on now. I haven't seen the food yet. I don't know what the food is going to be. Of course, I know it's not poison. So I'm not bothered. Now, because I trust her, I can be at peace knowing that after this service, I'm going to eat. So, my trust in my faith in the fact that I will eat is because I trust a person called my wife. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now, if I'm pursuing food, if I'm pursuing food, it means I don't trust my wife. Are you hearing? Okay, imagine if I come now, maybe service finish, and I'm like, you are going, I say, ah, do you have anything for God's servant? Do you have anything for pastor to eat something? Do you have something for the boys? <laughs> What's going to happen? She's going to get embarrassed. Why would she get embarrassed? Because she's like, why are you begging when I've already prepared food for you? Come on, do you know how, do you know, do you, do you think that's how God sees us? Where we are all over people? What do you have for me? How can you start my life? How can you help me? And God is like, why are you embarrassing me? I know what you need. I have this thing. Just come home. So we cannot be free from anxiety if we do not have a relationship with God. Because it is in having a relationship with God that we know what God is capable of, that we know what God has planned, and then we can put faith in it that God has planned this. Come on, are you still here? I said, are you still here? Do you understand that example? Come on, do you understand that example? Talk to me now. So if I know that after the service I'm going to eat and I trust my wife to cook, then what's going to happen? 
I'm going to just preach freely because I know she knows if she's if she is a good wife, if you if she is a good wife, she will know the kind of food the husband likes. And so I know that she would prepare something that I like. She knows my needs, she knows what I've eaten. Or she knows what we ate yesterday, she knows what to change today, whatever. My trust in her gives me assurance that I'm going to eat. Praise God. Do you realize your children do not know that there is pandemic? They don't care. Because they trust you. They don't care if there is COVID-19. They trust you. I mean, these children can just decide not to go to school again. They just... They don't even... I mean, some of them have even forgotten what school is like. I see they are not even asking you, why are we not going to school? That's how children are. They don't care what's going on in the world. They just, as far as their father and mother is there, it's fine, whether they go to school or not. That childlike trust is needed to prevent anxiety. Scientists have said 75 to 98% of our mental, physical, and behavioral diseases come from our thought life. So that means it's only 2 to 25% of sicknesses that come from our environment. Bulk of our sicknesses is from our thought life, from our worry, from those toxic thoughts, anger, malice, bitterness, worry, anxiety. It breaks your immune system down. It destroys your, your stress. Your, 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 your brain cells. In fact, in the last couple of, maybe in the last one month or so, we've had a whole lot of things come up against us, the church and all of that. And I found myself, you know, thinking in a way I shouldn't think. And so, I'm putting myself on a, on a 21 day thinking fast. And what's that? No negative word. No discouraging word. Just praise and thanksgiving. What am I trying to do? I'm trying to rewire my brain. You've got to do that. Sometimes you have to fast discouragement, fast negative words, and get on the word of God. Think on what is pure. Think on what is true. You've got to do that. You have to walk this word. If not, the enemy will always show you something for anxiety. Hallelujah. Come on, I said hallelujah. Go to Colossians 3.15. Are you learning something this morning? Not just learning, putting it to practice. Amen? Just put it to practice. Colossians chapter 3 verse 15. Let the peace of Christ do what? Rule in your heart. Let the peace of Christ govern your heart. Do we have uh, another translation? Maybe the, the New Living Translation or the Amplified. Let the peace of Christ rule in your heart to which in, indeed you were called in one body and be thankful. Do you have any other translation there? Either the New Living or the Amplified. It says let the peace of Christ rule in your heart. Let that peace govern your heart. You were called into the body to be thankful. If they don't let anxiety rule your heart. No, I, I need something different. If you don't have the new living or the amplified, then it's fine. I, I need to use another word for that rule. To govern your heart. To control your heart. Praise God. Let the peace of God control your heart. And this thing comes out of a relationship with Jesus. The more you fellowship with God, the more you fellowship with the Father, the more you see the peace of God governing your heart. Now, let's go to Psalm, uh, Psalm 104. Let me show you something. How God supernaturally... Then he goes on to say, Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you in Matthew chapter 6. Right? It means that as we pursue the kingdom, as we pursue God's way of doing things, all these things will be added to us. Go to Psalm 104. 
Thank you, Father. Psalm 104, verse 24. Look at this. O Lord, how many are your works? In wisdom you've made them all. The earth is full of your possessions. There is the sea, great and broad, in which are swarms without number, animals both small and great. There the ships move along, and the living tank which are formed to spot in it. Verse 27. They all wait for you. All these animals wait for you to give them their food in due season. Praise the name of the Lord. It says these animals that you've created in the ocean, they, they wait for you. The animals know that they have a creator and God gives them food in due season. How much more you that are his child or his son or his daughter. This message is easy to listen to but hard to live. Because the enemy will always push anxiety your way. Praise God. People get anxious about all kinds of stuff in their life. Get anxious about the future. You must know that God's got a plan for you. God has a plan. God, God has an absolute perfect blessed plan for you. It's always giving me peace. Father, you cannot mismanage my life. I put my life in your hands. I commit myself to you. I'm not the smartest kid in the block. But I know the God whom I believe. Praise God. Glory to God. I mean, it's not like I've gone to the best schools in the world or I went to the best universities in the world or I went to very fantastic schools. No. I didn't go to fantastic schools. I went to schools that the windows were open. They just had window frames in them. So when they say school has closed, you can either choose to go home through the window or choose to go home through the door. You know that broken any rules. But see what God can make out of a man like that. Glory to God. I said glory to God. God has a plan. Even for our church. You know a pastor can get anxious about church growth. Can become a source of anxiety. Just how? How will the church grow? How are we going to get more numbers? How are we going to get more numbers? But the Bible says... Uh, Paul planted the seed that Paulus watered and God gave the increase. You can either decide, you know what God, I'm going to faithfully plant the seed and I'm going to trust you for increase. And you just see the increase coming from the hand of God. Never seek to promote yourself. Promotion comes from God. Don't seek to put yourself out there. Let people know me. Let people know me. Let people know me. No! God knows how to cause men to know you. Come on, are you hearing what I'm saying now? Because these are all the source of anxiety. Now, there is also something that causes anxiety and I want us to deal with it. Ah, uh, man, this is so good. Let's uh, go to Psalm 37. I want to deal with something very important. Psalm 37. Something that causes anxiety, Psalm 37 verse 1, is when wicked people prosper. You know, sometimes people are not living right, they are living very wicked lives. And they prosper. It can be a source of anxiety to you. And you must learn to deal with that. Let me tell you something. Anybody who is not born again, who is prospering, should not be somebody you envy. The reason is because if a man is not born again, his soul is already damned. And as Christians, we should know that God values people's soul more than what they have. Are you hearing what I'm saying? 
God values the soul. And it's, it's very, it's a thing of shame where believers start envying unbelievers and getting anxious because of unbelievers who are not born again. So, and I'm, I'm going to talk about that when we talk about, uh, for this course next month. You now realize that when you now get close to such people, you don't want to preach the gospel to them. What you need is their money. So you don't even mind if they <laughs> go to hell as as you can have something from them, get a job from them. This wrong value system. Because in our own value system, we've placed money above people's souls. Look at this. Psalm 37. Do not fret because of evildoers. Do not be envious towards wrongdoers. For they will wither quickly like the grass and fade like the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and cultivate faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord and He will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in Him and He will do it. I like this scripture. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in Him and He will do it. Lord, this thing is giving me anxiety. I commit it to you and I trust in you. And the Bible says God will do it. Sometimes how God will do it, He will give you the wisdom to do it. He will show you to do it. Sometimes how God will do it, He will bring people your way. Do you understand what I'm saying? But you commit it to God. It's like your child comes to you and says, we want to buy a new general mathematics. He tells you the name of the textbook. The bookshop you buy it, how much it costs is your responsibility. That's the way God wants us to relate with Him. Oh God, how's this church going to grow? I commit it into the hands of God. And I trust Him. And God starts telling me what to do and what to share and how the work will grow. Praise God. Or I can decide, well, you know how that church is growing. They are growing by all night. I start all night. You know how that church is growing. They are growing by drama ministry. And I start drama ministry. You know, sometimes people come here and come from other churches and they are part of here. And they ask me, say, sir, uh, sir, uh, I just have something. I don't want you to be angry, sir. Uh, sir, in my former church, we used to, uh, they used to do drama 10 minutes before the man of God would come up. This is not your former church. Is there anything wrong with drama? Absolutely nothing. But I only do what the Lord asked me to do. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Come on, are you hearing what I'm saying? I'm not, I'm not in a competition of trying to do something that other people are doing so you don't have to live. If you want to live, you can't live. You have to be here because you know God wants you to be here. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And I'll tell you this, and I'll say it with all my heart, and i say it with all humility. If you're not being fed here, if you're not growing spiritually here, if you're not getting blessed here, today can be your last Sunday, and we will be glad. I'll repeat it again. You're not being blessed. You're not being fed. You know this is not where God wants you to be. We will tell you bye-bye from the depth of our heart. We will bless you. We will not curse you. Because you know what? At the same time, God is getting people that need to be here to be here. Because we just want to be one big family serving God and loving ourselves. Are you hearing what I'm telling you now? There's no anxiety. Oh, I saw you. I saw your car in the other church. What business do you have looking at the other people that are parking in the other church? You're not busy. Come on, are you hearing what I'm saying? These are, these are the things that give pastors anxiety that makes them to do programs they don't have grace for. Anybody who comes here knows that teaching is the big thing here. We teach the word. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I mean, we praise, we dance, but we teach. And if you think we are teaching too long, go home. Go come back. Go to where they were going to sing for 45 minutes. 
Or go to where they can teach you without reading the Bible. You know there are some places they can teach you without reading the Bible. I said God will do it. I said God will do it. He will do it for you in January. He will do it for you in February. He will do it for you in March. Well, you can as well just say God will do it this year. This year actually means 12 months. You don't need to say January because January, before you mention January, February, March, April, May, June, July, August, September, October, November, December. Time has gone. I need more time to teach. Glory to God. Come on. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So, why am I using myself as an example? You have your own area of grace. You have what God wants you to do. You have your own talent. Stay within your talents. It will bring peace to you. Come on. Somebody say amen there. Amen. Just trust in the Lord and do good. Just trust in Him and keep doing good. Delight yourself. Dwell in the land. Cultivate faithfulness. Just be faithful. Show up. Morning, afternoon, evening. Do what you need to do and be at peace. The Bible says God will give you the desires of your heart. He will bring forth righteousness. Hallelujah. As the light and your judgment as the noonday. Verse 7, look at this. Rest in the Lord. Oh, I like this. Come on, tell your, tell your neighbor, rest in the Lord. Say, say to yourself, I will rest in the Lord. Come and say to yourself, I want you to sing. Come and say, I will rest in the Lord. Come and say, I will rest in the Lord. Oh, church, I can't hear you say it. I will rest in the Lord. Come on, say it one more time. I will rest in the Lord. Glory to God. I mean, permit me to say this. Resting in the Lord is resting in peace. Just rest in Him. Rest in the Lord. And wait patiently for Him. Do not fret. Do not get anxious. Because of him who prospers in his way. Because of the man who carries out wicked schemes. Cease from anger and forsake wrath. You know, that anger you have about that, that person who is not born again but has a lot of money. Every time he passes, anger will come. The Bible says, cease. Stop getting angry. Because you don't know their end. That's how people went to join courts. Because they saw cars. And he didn't know that they would have to use their children as sacrifices. But he loved the cars. Now you remember of the court. You have money but no home. Your child can't recognize you. Speak English. He speaks Latin. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Some people broke homes out of poverty. Oh, my husband, I'm tired of suffering. They ran away. It's not like they have become richer now. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Sometimes you, I'm hustling. I'm hustling. It's been 10 years. Where has your hustle taken you to? Rest in the Lord. He didn't say go and hustle. Rest in the Lord. You, you learn to work hard, but I mean, from a sense of peace and rest, an absolute rest. Look at this now. For evildoers will be cut off, but those who wait for the Lord. Come on, somebody say those who wait for the Lord. Come on, somebody say those who wait for the Lord. So resting in the Lord means waiting for Him. So I wait on God. You know a song that says, I don't mind waiting on the Lord? We sing that song a lot. But how many of us act it out? Especially single people who want to get married. You know, at a point, he's trusting God for a husband. Right? Come on now, talk to me. Or trusting God for a wife. And then all the bad guys and all the bad girls are getting married and flaunting their wedding stuff all over. At the point, you start reducing your standard. Well, I don't mind marrying the one who serves God more. If he's only smoking one, one cigarette a day, at least one a day. <laughs> Start lowering your standard because you can't wait anymore. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Come on now. 
Don't say like I'm not saying the truth. You now compromise and get married. And after one month, you now realize, why did I sign for this? You realize that all the things we're looking for in life, by the time we get them, how many of you have cars here? Let me see. Don't worry, I'm not prophesying about cars, so I just want to give an example. How many of you have cars here? Few people have cars. Okay. How many of you have cars? Okay. How, has there been time in your life where probably your wife told you, well, carry me, go drop me somewhere or drive somewhere, and you said, I'm tired of driving, I don't want to drive. Has it happened to you? Has it happened to you? It's not that some of us that have cars, you see us on bike. It's not that the car is wet. We're just tired. And in your mind, you say, ah, I cannot have a car in it. Me? In this life, you realize that all the things you are saying, if I have, by the time you have them. And say, so is this is. How many of us, you know, own our own homes? You build your house. By the time you now pack into the house, you now say, okay, so what, what was even wrong with my landlord, Jeff? So what's wrong with this man? I was just chasing people all over the place. You realize that it is nothing. What am I trying to say? The things you are fretting for today, listen to me. If you wait on the Lord and if you're patient, you will get them, you will look back and you're like, what? So this is it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now let me teach you something here now. It says, verse 10. It says, yet a little while. And the wicked man will be no more. That man you are envying, he will be no more. And you will look carefully for his place and he will not be there. But the humble will inherit the land. And I like the last line. And will delight themselves in abundant prosperity. Glory to God. See, God is not against us having stuff. He just wants us to have it in his terms. Hallelujah. Come on, are you still here? Come on, I said, are you still here? It's not that God is against you having all of these things. He says, your father knows. God knows you need a car. God knows you need a house. God knows you need a wife. God knows you need children. God knows you need whatever you need. But he says, wait for me. Walk in my plan. Follow my plan. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Oh, come on, come on. This is good. This is good. David said in Psalm 27, verse 13 to 14, I would have fainted unless I believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. There's something about believing and trusting in the Lord. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Go with me to 1 Peter chapter 5. 1 Peter chapter 5. Oh, glory to God. I'm telling you, we are going into a season of miracles in this church like never before. I'm telling you. I say we are going into a season of miracles like never before. Hallelujah. Come on, I said we're going into a season of miracles like never before. Something is going to come upon us as a church. There's going to just be breakthroughs upon breakthroughs, release upon release, favor upon favor. Glory to God. An anointing is coming upon this church. We are going to be distinguished upon the face of the earth. Glory to God. I'll tell you. I'll tell you something. First Peter chapter 5. Thank you Lord Jesus. Oh, thank you, Lord. Let's lift our hands for a moment and just thank Him. Father, we receive that in the name of Jesus. Lift your hands, everyone. Oh, we receive that. Thank you, Spirit of the living God. We just receive that now. We receive that anointing in the name of Jesus to distinguish us, to separate us in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. First Peter chapter 5, go to verse 6 and 7. First Peter 5, 6 and 7. Glory to God. Oh, man, this is good. I ah, thank you. Amen. Ah, I like God's word. I like God's word. 
Therefore, look at this, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that He may exalt you at what time? I didn't hear that word, at what time? Now, another word for proper time is due season. How many of you know that a woman who is pregnant gives birth at nine months? Do you know that from the first day that woman is pregnant to the ninth month, the man goes about saying what? I have a baby. I have a baby. I have a baby. I have a child. You know, nowadays you see women taking pregnancy photos. I don't know why they do it. But then they go and open their tummy in the studio and then the man is... Some men have energy. They will not kneel down. I, I don't know how people do that, but... Blessed be thou. <laughs> Basi, are you planning for one of those photographs? Well, you should get married first before you plan for those photographs. <laughs> okay, so they take all those beautiful photographs. Why is that excitement? The man can't see the baby. Come on now. The man cannot do what? Cannot see the baby. Some men that are very inquisitive will go for scan to know whether it's a man or a woman. We usually don't go for scan. Just... Whatever comes out, as fast as a human being will find. <laughs> but then, at the due time, do you realize that except something goes wrong or something, 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 normally most women give birth naturally. Why? Because when that proper time has come, what's going to happen? The baby will turn. I don't, I'm not a medical person, so I'm not sure exactly what happens. I just know that they give birth. Everything happens at the same time. Are you following what I'm saying? What's going on? The proper time. The proper time. Some of us cannot wait for the proper time. It's not as if you don't already have your miracle. You already have it in your spirit. God wants you to wait for the proper time before it's released to you. But anxiety is making you not to wait. Come on, somebody say, I don't mind waiting on God. Oh, say it one more time. Say, I don't mind waiting on God. Glory to God. Glory to God. There are things that will happen. It's just a matter of time. I remember many years ago, some, some of my friends, they were traveling, you know, they wanted to preach in the U.S. They would apply for conferences, go for conferences. We apply this one. They would deny them visa, deny them visa, deny them visa. And some people well, don't you want to go? I said, No. You go to nations when is the time? When it's the time? Without stressing people. Some will borrow account statement here, borrow there, do this one, collect document, left, right, and center. When it was time for me to go, first application, first application, it went through. Praise God. There are many countries in this world that I desire to go. But it's not time. Are you hearing what I'm saying? When is it time you will just know that it is time? Hallelujah. Go to first Peter. We're in first Peter, right? Go to verse uh, 7. How do you humble yourself under the Lord? By casting your care on Him because He cares for you. Now that's where I want to end. Casting your care. Casting your care. Because in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, it says every thought that is not of God, you have to take it captive. Um, Pastor Felix, come. I want to use this for this example. Let me use it. So, I want to give this example and then you'll, you'll we'll close. 
Okay. So, so you are God, right? Don't say I'm not God in Jesus' name. It's an example. Okay. <laughs> okay, so, uh, so Pastor Felix is there. Let's, let's assume he's God, right? Now, I've got this bottle. It's, it's written my bottle. So let's change it to my cares. So let's assume all my cares. My cares about my wife, my church, my cares about you, whether you show up next Sunday. Everything is here. You know. All the cares are here. The scripture says cast. The word cast in the Greek is below. It means to trust. To trust. Now, there are different Greek words used. Balo means to trust, to, to give, up, give out. Now, the word ek balo means to cast out or to kick. And that's what was used for, uh, to cast out. When you say, uh, Satan was cast out from heaven, the word is ek balo, was kicked out. Okay? But this one is balo, to trust, to like throw, to cast it on, like you're casting a net. Now, this is what happens. Put these two scriptures in mind and please follow this example. If you don't understand the whole of this message, you must understand this example. That's why I'm doing this. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10, um, verse, if you read down from verse 5 down, it talks about taking captive. Let's, let's, let's go there. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. And let me show you something. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Praise God. Ah. Okay, let's look at verse 5. For we are destroying uh, speculations and every lofty raised up against the knowledge of God. We are taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. So everybody say, casting your care. Come on, I want you to join me in this session. Everybody say, casting your care. So, in your left hand, everybody raise your left hand up, if you have one. Yeah, some people won't raise, that's why I said if you have one. Because some people will never do anything. Raise your left hand up. Raise your right hand. <laughs> like... Raise something. Raise their leg. Okay. So, left hand. Left hand means casting my care. Everybody say left hand. Left hand. Casting my care. Okay. My right hand. Taking every thought captive. In obedience to God. So, every time you remember your left and your right, what do you remember? Casting and what? Taking every thought. So, let's assume all my worries are here. How do I cast my worries to God? How do I do it? Philippians tells us, by what? Prayer, come on now, Philippians 4, four. by prayer and supplication with what? With thanksgiving. So let's assume that I'm worried about how the church will grow. So I take it to God and I say, Father, I have anxiety about the growth of the church. But I know, and I take scriptures, I take the word of God, right? I'm planting the seed, Apollos, the people you're bringing around me with water and God will cause the increase. Then I take that talk and I say, Father, I thank you. Because I know if I commit my ways into you, you cause them to pass. So, you're going to catch this now. If this falls down, God cannot allow this thought to fall. Alright. All right. So, who has the thought? Sorry. Who has the care? Who has the care? Who has the care? Do you know why I threw, threw, it, do you know I threw that at him and I didn't pick any of the children in the church to throw that at? Because if I threw it at any of the child, I wasn't sure they were going to catch it. So it means that if I'm casting my care on him, it means I trust that he can handle it. Am I right? Now, now I come to church on a Sunday. The seat is empty. What do you think the devil is going to tell me? Come on, let's do the example together so you understand it. What do you think the devil is going to tell me? The place is not growing. What am I going to try to do to get it to grow? What am I going to do? Come on now, church, talk to me. Now, if you're the pastor of the church, what will you do? You start thinking, right? What will I do? 
Should we do women week? Should we do security people's group? Do, is that what I'm supposed to do? What am I, what am I, what, what am I supposed to do? Now, I'm not supposed to pray about that thing again. Because I've prayed about it. I've casted my care on God. What am I supposed to do? Right hand, right hand. What are you supposed to do with your right hand? Come on, your right hand. You've forgotten. What are you supposed to do with your right hand? You bring every thought captive. What does it mean to bring a thought captive? Harry, come quickly. What does it mean to bring a thought captive? You don't know what it means to bring a thought captive. Stretch your hands. Let's say this is the thought that he's saying I will not grow. It's black thought. Why are you bringing all these things? The man brought keys and bio. Okay. So, you know, black thoughts. The church is not growing. People are not coming. It's not going to grow. What do I do with my right hand? I take that thought what? Come on, look at it. It's in the, it's in the board. This is the expo. You have to pass this exam. What, what should you do? We take every thought. How many thoughts? Captive to what? To the obedience of Christ. What is Christ? The Word. John 1.1 1, 1. In the beginning was the Word and the Word was the God and the Word is God. Right? So what do I do? I take the Word of God and I bind these thoughts. Why? Because the care has been casted on God. So when the thought comes and says, the church is not growing, I said, no, God is giving me increase. I'm not even praying about it. Because praying about it again shows... Come on now. When I pray about this again, what does it show? I'm taking it from God again and I'm casting it on Him again. But I've done that before. So what do I do? I lift my hands and I thank God. And I say, thank you Lord. The church is growing. Thank you Lord. People are coming. Thank you Lord. Do you understand? What am I doing? I'm binding that thought. I'm holding it captive. I'm not allowing it to govern my mind. What should govern my mind? The peace of Christ. It says, let the peace of Christ guard your heart. Glory to God. How many of you think we can live anxiety free? Come on, how many of you think we can live anxiety free? We cast that thought on God. We bind every thought that is captive into the obedience of God's word. We lift our hands in thanksgiving and we wait patiently on God as we rest on God to bring the word to pass. Glory to God. Let's lift our hands and let's thank the Lord. Father, we thank you. Oh, we praise your holy name. Oh, we praise your holy name. Do you want to sing something? Oh, we praise your holy name. Lift your hands and thank Him. Oh, lift your hands and thank Him. Let's just be on our feet. Glory to God. Let's just sing something for a moment. Oh, hallelujah. Glory. Just sing something, whatever you want to sing. Glory to God. Use that opportunity to cast every thought on God. Oh, There's not a friend like a lonely Jesus. No, not one. No, not one. No, not one. I go. No one else could heal all our soul diseases. Come on. No, not one. No, not one.
don't care what the devil brings against you. You take that thought captive. I don't care what the anxiety about your future is. You take that thought captive. And you don't allow another day for the rest of your life. Any thought to govern your mind. That's not of God. Let the peace of God guard your heart. Come on. I didn't, I didn't hear you. I said let the peace of God guard your heart. Regarding that healing you're believing for. Whatever may be. Thank you for listening to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. We encourage you to share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.pastormax.ng. We would like to hear from you. Send us an email, info at pastormax.ng. Or you can call 0805-888-7575. God bless you.